0: Welcome back to the Idaho Mythweaver's Voices of the Wild Earth and scholar Rich Wanschneider's two part podcast on the Nez Perce people in the Wallawa country. I'm Jane Fritz. In part one, Rich gave us an overview of the Nimipu history in the Wallawa country of Northeast Oregon, before and after Chief Joseph and his Wawama band were driven out in 1877. Here in Part Two, he'll tell us of the Nesper's return to and resurgence in Wallawa. Let's continue his exploration.
1: The longer I live in this stunning Wallawa Snake River country, the more complicated the past becomes. The present too. Like the country at large, we are experiencing a native revival. Fire, fish, and reconciliation with the past are fueling a nationwide surge. That's Ojibwe writer David Troyer's term. And the same is true here. Another truth heralded by scholars today is that while history books often haven't told us so, native peoples remained on the land and have been active participants in the development of the United States since our beginnings. This is true in the Wallowa as well. The Nespers were never completely gone from the Wallowa, and there is a truly new and acknowledged participation of the Nespers or Nemipu here today. I once asked a Nemipu friend how long it was after their removal from the Wallowa and the fighting retreat of 1877 that we call the Nespers War before the people returned to the country to fish, hunt, and harvest roots and berries. There were probably Nez Perce here during the war, he said. And now, visiting ancient sites with native elders, I better understand. There were other Nez Perce bands, and along with their Cayuse and Walla Walla relations, some might have been tucked into the canyons of the minam the Grand Ronde, and Joseph Creek, as the main body of Nespers left. In 1880, after the war ended, in a strange two-step of cooperation and rejection, with colonialists danced with Indians across the continent, settlers here named their town Joseph, after the leader they had forcibly removed just three years earlier. And on Joseph's last visit in 1900, he came with government support to buy a piece of the Willows, but was totally sidelined by the locals. Ironically, in 1919, the Associated Ditch Company, owners of the dam at the foot of Wallau Lake that wiped out the teeming historical run of sockeye salmon, deeded five acres of land to the Department of the Interior to be held in trust for Indians of the Nez Perce and Umatilla reservations. It was one of five traditional burial sites identified by a mixed group of Nez Perce from many bands. Some whites must have seen justice in these actions, Others looked even then to tourism, cashing in on the connection. Tuitekis, old Joseph, was reburied here with a large parade and feast for all in 1926. Years later, after the grave site fell into disarray, an all-Indian CCC camp from Umatilla cleaned the site up and built a rock wall, a cistern, and drinking fountain. The Indian CCC crew played baseball against local teams, and there were Indian speeches at a rededication. Today, thousands of visitors, including many tribal people, visit the gravesite each year, often leaving offerings at the monument. The white dance with the Nez Perce continued. In 1946, when local boosters, including the actor Walter Brennan, held a rodeo and parade, they called it Chief Joseph Days. The following year, a native dance band from Lapway, who called themselves the Nez Percians, rode in the parade wearing headdresses and playing their trumpets and saxophones. For a few years, there were Indian princesses named alongside Chief Joseph Ace Queens. A few natives always participated in the yearly parade, and eventually a powwow grounds next to the rodeo stadium was built. Nespers from Lapway in Idaho, Colville in Washington, and Umatilla in Oregon gathered there and celebrated together. In nineteen ninety, Taz Connor and Nespers Cayuse, then living in the town of Walla, who had participated in the Indian revival at Chief Joseph Day's, worked with local school teachers, including the late Terry Crenshaw, to organize a new powwow. It was soon called Tamkalix. The name means from where you can see the mountains. It was first held at the Wallawa School, then on private land, and finally it moved onto the present site of 320 acres owned by the Nez Perce Willowa Homeland. Homeland is a nonprofit governed by a board comprised of locals and tribal members from Lapway, Colville, and Umatilla. In 2022, Tamcollects celebrated its 30th year in its beautiful dance arbor. The largest intertribal gathering in the valley for decades, the Wawama, or Joseph Band, long in exile and many driving hours away, in Nespelem on the Colville Reservation, are less frequent visitors, but that is changing. Jewy Davis is an elder who now drums in the homeland's longhouse.
2: My English name is Dewey Davis and my grandmother was Agnes Andrews Davis and her dad was Willie uh, Red Star Andrews. We come from the Chief Joseph Band that got placed at Nespelem. Coming back here is, it's like coming home. It feels really good to be here and you can really uh, feel why they wanted to come back when you come here because it's so beautiful and, you know, the scenery and the land, it just makes you want to stay. And I can see why our elders wanted to come home, but due to, you know, the settlers and farmers and, you know, the United States government, you know, we, we couldn't come back. They wouldn't allow us. We're still there. You know, there's still any Walt Wama Joseph band still there at Nespielum, Washington.
1: When explaining the Longhouse to non-Native friends, I just call it Indian Church. The Longhouse is a gathering place for spiritual practices and traditions common to Plateau tribal peoples. The Wallawa Longhouse brings Nez Perce and related tribal peoples together in this ancestral land. It provides a place to celebrate life in all its stages and to give thanks to the Creator. At a recent summer service, there were over a hundred celebrants, most of them native. Yet there are still very few Nespers living here. Maybe a more permanent Nespers return, including the Wawama band, is signaled by the journey of the species of salmon that come to Walawa to spawn, including the long ago extirpated ocean going sockeye salmon in Walawa Lake. Rebuilding the century-old dam at the lake's north end, which would allow for fish passage, is a collaborative project between state wildlife agencies, the Nez Perce tribe, and local irrigators, and is inching closer to reality. Nespers Fisheries in Joseph, which opened in the 1980s, is devoted to the maintenance and restoration of salmon, steelhead, and lamprey that link the Snake River and rivers of the Wallowa country to the sea. It was a result of the 1974 Bolt decision, which affirmed the fishing rights of the Columbia River Treaty tribes. Tribal members could fish in usual and accustomed places off their reservations. And then, the court said, if the government guarantees the people the right to fish, there must be fish. In 1997, with Bonneville Power Administration Government Funds, and helped by the Land Conservatory Trust for Public Lands, the Nespers tribe at Lapway acquired a ten-thousand-acre ranch of Aboriginal homeland on the lip of Joseph Canyon. This land in Willa County's Northern Canyon Lands was wildlife mitigation for habitat losses caused by the Snake River dams, named Wetes or Precious Land. It celebrated the first sizable aboriginal land repatriation in the Wallowa in 120 years. The Nesper's tribe owns and manages the land as a wildlife reserve, rich in natural resource values, and makes it accessible to the public, Native and non-Native alike. Recorded in 1997 at the dedication ceremony, Jamie Pinkham, then treasurer of the Nesper's Tribal Executive Committee, explained the land's importance to his people. This land has always been, and it always will be, Nez Perce homeland. And despite the tragic history that physically removed a band of our people from this area, it continues to remain our home. Because among these mountains, we continue to benefit from the various bounties that nature offered, providing both physical and spiritual sustenance. And these mountains continue to offer a place to learn, a place to worship and a place to heal. Pinkham later became the director of the Columbia River Intertribal Fish Commission, and today works for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in the Biden administration. The flurry of activity in the Wallau over the past 30 years has grown since homeland and precious land took root. The Nature Conservancy and Land Trust invite root diggers, Tribal governments at Lapway, Umatilla, and Colville contributed to the purchase of 62 acres on the terminal moraine of Ollawa Lake. Iwit at the edge of the lake, was named by the tribes and is managed by the Oregon State Parks. It adjoins Old Joseph's gravesite and is a sacred site, marking the forced removal of the Nez Perce and the beginning of the Nez Perce or Nimipu National Historic Trail. There is a hiking trail with gorgeous views of the lake, mountains, and moraines. One can imagine a village of teepees in the vast meadow once plotted for modern development. The late Horace Axtell's ancestor, a survivor who left in 1877, recalled the quiet. The only sounds were those of the horses and the cattle as we left. Nesbur's Fisheries is working on several easements held by the tribe in the Wallau Valley, Perhaps the most significant easement is on the land of braided waters of the Wallau River between Wallau Lake and the century-old Wallau Lake Lodge. Its gravel beds now serve the spawning kokanee landlocked salmon and await the return of the seagoing sockeye salmon. In 2020, the Nez Perce tribe purchased outright 140 acres at the edge of Joseph, not far from the rodeo grounds and on the lake's west moraine. In the summer of 2021, hundreds of Nimipu and visitors gathered for a land blessing at the site they call Amsakspa, the Place of Boulders. There were drums and horses, speakers, and a longhouse ceremony in a traditional long tent, a teepee pole structure that could be seen high atop the hill from the highway. Native people from as far away as Oklahoma rode, walked, and revelled for a mile from town to a place where their ancestors had camped and fished for millennia, but not for the last hundred and fifty years.
3: My father was. He was the last named chief of the Joseph band in the Salem. My mother and father took care of the last chief Joseph. He took care of both of the old ladies, Chief Joseph's wives. But I remember the last one.
1: Agnes Andrews Davis lived at Nespelam on the Colville Reservation and raised and taught Juey Davis, her grandson, from infancy. Chewy is now himself an elder making his own return to Wallawa.
3: I stood at that lake and I looked up and I realized why the old lady used to sit there telling stories and cry, She was blind, and she'd cry about Wallowa, wishing she was home. She never got the chance to come back here. I heard a lot of stories from the old lady, how they had to leave this area, how they traveled, what they went through. It's really good
1: to be here today. Those heartfelt words of Agnes Davis, recorded at the Precious Land Dedication in 1997, continue to resonate for the Nez the Nimipu, returning today to the walawa And in the walawa Longhouse, as drummers from Lapway, Umatilla, and Nez sing and dance together, one day the people will return together to Walla Lake and so will the sockeye salmon that have been gone so very long. For the Voices of the Wild Earth, I'm Rich Wanschneider in Joseph, Oregon.
0: Voices of the Wild Earth podcasts are produced by me, Jane Fritz, and associate producer, Justin Landtrip for the Idaho Mythweaver. Special thanks to writer and producer, Rich Wanschneider of the Josephi Center for Arts and Culture in Joseph, and Bob Webb of Enterprise Oregon for his engineering assistance. Funding for this series comes from the Idaho Humanities Council and the National Endowment for the Humanities as part of the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Join us again soon at missweaver.org. Thanks for listening.